When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 321 of the Big Show. It's an enforcer-based podcast and coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another another happening Sunday, funky Sunday here. Actually, it's a, it's a long weekend here in Saskatchewan. We have Saskatchewan Day tomorrow, so there we go. We're getting a long week. I'm still working though, of course, of course I am. But uh, yeah, so it's some event season and everything else. But nice to have three days anyway. You don't have to work all day, just kind of in the mornings and stuff. So get some overtime. You know, got to got to keep the lights on around here. You know. You know, how else are you going to afford sushi for lunch? You know, that type of thing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, how are you guys doing? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, fun show today. Uh, back with the with another segment, the 10 Rapid Fire Questions. Although i got to be completely honest, there's nothing rapid about these uh, 10 questions. Uh, my guest and I, Taylor, long-time, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I've known Taylor for a long time. We followed each other on social media. I've always credited him for being the one uh, to come up with the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament. He and I discussed it one night, and uh, and the uh, the seed was planted. We'll put it that way, and it has now grown to uh, and it, I've and it blew up my account at the time uh, six years ago on Twitter. Uh, I gained over a thousand followers from that tournament, and uh, and and Taylor was a big reason why. Uh, you know, it was his idea and, uh, we kind of, you know, volleyed some ideas back and forth with each other. And, uh, and then the next thing you know, boom, out, 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 it produced the, uh, the tournament. So, um, I've always, uh, you know, credit him for that. And, uh, and he's always been supportive of the show and because I ran the podcast idea by him and, and, uh, yeah, it's been cool. So it was great to finally get him on, um, you know, just with his job and, you know, I won't go into his job, but Needless to say, he's away from home for a long time, or you know, it's unsettled. He can't just pick up the phone and whatever. So um, we we were never able to kind of uh, get you know uh, our schedules to to uh, click. But uh, it happened on the weekend, and uh, and actually, I'm going to get him on again now that he's he's moved to Buffalo, and it's kind of a little more um, regimented schedule. So a little more, you know, can plan free time and that type of thing. So and I've always had whenever I did whenever I did. Okay, take two. 
Whenever I have done the Bob Probert tournament, I always like to have a preview show and we go over the matchups. And I've had Steve on, I've had Dave on, and 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 all the guests have been great. Um, those guys are tremendous as well. Um, but I think it would be kind of it would be cool to have Taylor on to do it again because of how it all started. So I uh, I believe I talked to him. Now we talked so long off the air. Was it on the air or off the air that we talked? It was on the air that we talked about it. Yeah, or maybe it was off the air. Shit, I don't know. But anyway, I threw it out there yes, uh, during the time I was talking to him yesterday that, uh, you know, he needs to come on and we, we do the preview show. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. But, uh, and actually that tournament should be right around the corner. I should start, I should start working on the bracket. Um, so I can get yelled at about who's not in it. Where's Troy Crowder, bro? Um, oh, Crowder will be in. I'll put Crowder in this one. Uh, you know, cause God forbid a legend for those, you know, five months, but whatever. <laughs> so I always say that people always think I'm taking, I shit on Troy. I'm not shitting on Troy Crowder, but I don't know. You know, he had, a, he was a, he's like a, a shooting star, you know, we'll put it that way. It's like very link gate. This shit's kind of like what could have been kind of thing. So, but anyway, Probert tournament coming. I still don't know whether I should have the tournament on Twitter or on Facebook. Because Twitter or X, as it's called, I'm not always going to call it Twitter, but it just sucks now. And it's just dead and there's nothing happening. So I think I actually might put the Bob Probert tournament on Facebook. I put the minor league tournament on Facebook and it was kind of, it was okay. Um, I don't know, maybe the Probert tournament will be bigger because it's, you know, it's NHL guys or whatever. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. I think I'll I'll try it on Facebook this year and, um, you know. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, moving on. So I'm not going to go for too long today. There's a couple things I want to talk about. But before I do any of that, of course, a uh, member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 60 shows in the network. All the NHL teams have shows. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you. Probably a couple podcasts, depending on the team. I'm over on the original content creator side. Oh, what a group I'm with. Oh, I tell you, you know, you know, like I said, it's like being the nicest guy in prison. Um... So we got Jolt and Joel Lazito at the Coliseum Chronicles. Uh, of course, we got Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast. Jordan at Five in a Game. Terry Ryan's over there. Well, at least we have some sanity in the group. But uh, yeah, that's that crew. So uh, Jolt and Joel had Dean DeFazio on as his latest episode. So check that out. Uh, you know, the TMZ, the Merry Heart of the Hockey Podcast Network, we like to say. Um, or the Ryan Seacrest, depending on, on whoever you're, Perez Hilton. I don't know. Who's your favorite gossip columnist or Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, uh, stories. Yeah. He is the, uh, the, uh, what, what was it? Oh, uh, who's the, who's the gal in New York, the gossip columnist in New York. Well, tremendous. I was going to look it up. I'm just killing. I'm, I'm just walking all over the bit here. Now. Yeah. Now my internet's down. All right. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, where where are you living? What you know? How can I sit there and give Jay and Alec hard times uh, for where they are, and then here I am, my internet goes down. Yeah, hey, someone hang up the phone. We got dial up around here in Martinsville. Uh, anyway, check out those shows. Their back catalogs are tremendous. I don't know what we're. It's off the rails already, and we're six minutes in. You're stepping on the lead, man. You know. What what a complete lack of professionalism going on here. Well, there we are. Well, before we get into the ten rap or the ten slow questions with Taylor, um, 
How, how about a couple fights from Saturday night? Saturday night's all right for fighting. Holy, the ball game. Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez, Chicago, Cleveland. Let's rumble. Slides into second. Hard tag. Didn't like it. Ramirez gets up. He starts yapping, and all of a sudden the gloves are off. And uh, oh, Anderson's all posing like he's getting in the big. Uh, we're gonna have a rumble. And they, they, I laugh. The ump gets in there, tries to break him up. And then he just backs off and he's like, all right, let's go. Let him go. I said, the NHL linesman should take a cue from that major league hump. And uh, Ramirez drops his head and starts throwing haymakers. Well, he catches Anderson with a left hand that puts him on his wallet. Anderson's looking up at the lights, got dropped like second period French. And uh, tremendous, because Anderson's a goof anyway. And uh, yeah, there we go. I was actually kind of hoping friggin' Paul would do that to Diaz last night too, because I had... Not that I'm a Jake Paul fan. All I I had money on him to get, pick up a TKO win, but uh, yeah. So we had a ball fight. There we go. And then of course we got the you know the the sham of the century, Jake Paul versus Nick Diaz. Talk about a you know three finger stinker that is. You know the, we're working the rubes. That's for sure. Um, everybody kind of knew Jake Paul was going to win. Clearly the odds makers did because the odds are pretty much uh, next to nothing that he was going to win. There was no point in. Picking on that, so I went for the gimmick bet, and I took Paul by TKO. Thought he had it, put Diaz down on the fifth, but uh, got up and went the distance. And uh, I mean, you know, you know, Diaz was just in it for the payday because I mean, he showed up, you know, uh, you know, looking like a tin of biscuits exploded. He, uh, you know, went on that carbo loading diet between that and you know, I don't know if his, uh, you know, we're eating, we're just having bread and weed. That's what he was on. Um, you know, everybody that was talking about that, I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I said, when it came to that, I was just really hoping for, a, in all seriousness, like a double knockout. I mean, th- those guys are just goofs. I mean, the Paul brothers are a bunch of con artists. I mean, between the crypto scams and everything else. And then Diaz is just a punch drunk goof. I mean, I don't know. He just, I mean, so after the press, would he call Paul a bitch and give everyone the finger and stomp off and go smoke weed and he's the cool guy? Like, I don't stock and represent, you know, like, oh God, like, what are you in your 40s? Like, and you're, you know, still acting like you're 18. Ugh, it's embarrassing. You know, I mean, had a great MMA career and everything else, but I mean, he's a goof. And I mean, clearly didn't take it seriously. It was just a payday for him. And hey, good. I, if you could work the marks into a payday, I'm all for it. I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, you got me betting on it. Well, I, I mean, that's not saying much. I'm a degenerate anyway. But, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, and then, oh, put him in the cage and Diaz will submit him in a minute. Well, all right. Like, you're not really getting the whole thing, are you? <laughs> you know, whatever. But, yeah, so that's what happened on a Saturday night. That was my, that was the thrilling Saturday night. Yeah, um, needless to say, I was glad I was recording with Taylor. Yeah, we weren't watching it. But, um, yeah, other than that, actually, Taylor and I go for like, I, I don't even know how long it is. Like, it's like an hour and 20 minutes or something. So, um, it, it was a really good back and forth, though. I liked his answers, and we uh, kind of riffed off that, and uh, it was just really enjoyable. I mean... I should say it was more of an interview. Well, it wasn't really an interview because, you know, we didn't ask a million. Well, I asked 10 questions, not a million questions. But, no, it was a fun little talk and, uh, you know, two fight fans talking. And I hope you guys will will put on the audio and let you guys uh, eavesdrop. We'll put it that way. How about that? So, yeah, guys, other than that, I'm not going to say too much. Let's just get right into it. And, uh, oh, the other, did I bring, I can't remember. Did I bring this up last time? I don't know. All this shit runs together. But, 
Um, uh, first, well, congratulations to Ryan Devine. Ice Wars 3 champ just signed in the East Coast Hockey League with Kansas City. So looking forward to see what he's going to do at that in the next level. And, uh, hey, the East Coast League gets another tough guy. I mean, uh, you know, you got Skio signed there. Well, Skio that I talked about in the last episode. Skio signed there. Nuber. Um, Howe will probably be in the American League. But, uh, you know, you got Ordebody, uh, you know, Blatchman, um, you know, so... You know, uh, hey, the you know, it, I mean, is it? It's never going to be what it was. I mean, we all know that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, it's something. It's another big guy that's that's getting ready to throw down. And I mean, you know, he and Ryan, you know, will want to make a name for himself in the league, being the new guy in there. And I uh, know, especially coming off the ice wars and the champ. I mean, people know about that. And I'm sure they'll they'll want to they'll want to try it out. So uh, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And good luck to Ryan uh, in the East Coast League. So there you go, another one. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we got that, and uh, yeah, there we go. Other than that, folks, uh, Fourth Line Voice on Facebook and on Twitter, or our X as it's called now, and um, yeah, Bob Probert Invitational going to be right around the right around the corner. I'm going to have to have to start working on the bracket and and everything else for that, and because you like to do, I like to do that in August, early September, so. Um, get that rolling and people always enjoy that tournament. I think I'm going to put it on Facebook this year. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to. And, uh, yeah, cause Twitter's just dead and it's just like, I don't, the minor league man tournament didn't do bad on, on Facebook. And eh, I, I think the Probert one will be, well, the Probert one's always more popular anyway. So, um, yeah, we'll give that a try. I, I just don't like the voting cause you can't, the polls, I'd rather, I I like I don't know on Facebook you can't get the voting polls like you can on Twitter and I and I think so you have to either pick a happy face or whatever and I think the problem becomes when you do that uh, it says who you voted for and I think people don't like that some people don't I mean, some people don't care but I think some people are kind of self conscious and didn't and didn't want that out there so that's why I kind of like the anonymous version with the with the voting polls but. It is what it is, and uh, I hate that saying, but uh, it's true. And, uh, you know, what are we going to do? But uh, I have the tournament nonetheless. So, and I, like I said, I'm, we talk, Taylor and I talk about it. I'm definitely, I think I'm, Stephen and Dave and those guys did a great job. Hey, speaking of Dave, History of Hockey Fights, great that you're back on, after a, what is it, a couple year hiatus. He is, History of Hockey Fights is back on Twitter. So it's good to see. I'm glad he's back. Uh, but, uh, yeah, folks. Like I said, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, on Facebook. Follow me on, uh, or uh, subscribe to the ch- YouTube channel. I've uh, I've been getting around. Hey, I put a bunch of new fights up there. Check them out. Um, yeah, subscribe to the channel. If you happen to watch a fight video that you like, hit the thumbs up. YouTube loves that shit. It helps out in the algorithms and stuff too. So that'd be really cool. Download Don't Stream, by the way, with the podcast. For all your favorite podcasts, not just mine, but for Joe's or Alex or whoever you listen to. Um, if you could rate the show, that would be tremendous. Again, it helps out in the algorithms, Spotify and iTunes and stuff. They love that shit when you guys do that. So it's a little things that you guys as listeners can help us, the creators. Uh, that's the one thing you can do is download it or two things you can do. Download it, the episode, cause that's how we get paid and cause, and it's easier to follow and review, rate and review the show. Well, you don't even have to review it, just rate it. And, uh, that, that's it. That's what you can do to help us out. And if you can, I would uh, very much thank you, but uh, let's get into it. Let's go. This is this is my uh, ten. I'm not even going to call it rapid fire. Ten questions with Taylor, 
And uh, it was a really fun conversation. I think you guys will enjoy it. Taylor's a great guest and uh, looking forward to uh, having him on again. And uh, to, to Mrs. Taylor, I apologize for the language. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I get, it's, get a salty sailor's tongue now and again. I apologize. But uh, let's go, folks. Here's my talk with Taylor, and I will talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the fourth line voice. Uh, well, this character here, him, he and I have followed each other on social media for many years. And we've talked about getting him on the show, and it finally became a reality today. Folks, I got Taylor on the line. Taylor, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you, buddy? Very good. Man, this has been a long time coming. Oh, I know. It's it, it's funny because when I when I downloaded Twitter, uh, you know, it was really for hockey stuff and, and hockey fights and whatnot, and you were one of the first accounts I came across. You you posted a fight video or a picture or whatnot and uh and we messaged each other and you were one of the first first OGs that I that I followed and that was uh I wanna say that was in twenty what was that 2013? I'd say 2012, so. Maybe something yeah, like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been it's, it's been a long time coming, but it's uh, it's been awesome, man. Seeing how seeing how the show's grown and stuff, and uh, and you've gotten some uh, some actual you know big name guys on here. So for all the guys that listen to you know every episode you do, if if you're thinking of skipping one, this is the one. So if you want to if you want to move on and listen to something else, this is probably going to be the one that. That bottoms out your ratings. No, no. I see. I, I fooled him. I, I put I put a bunch of shit on here before we get to your segment here. This this is like the all. What do they call it? A compliment sandwich. Yeah. This is what's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This might be the negative portion of the compliment sandwich. Maybe I don't know. We'll <laughs> we'll see how your answers go. Well, it depends. Uh, no, like I said, some of the I can tell you some of the characters. If some of the characters that I've had on haven't sunk the show yet, we're okay. Yeah. But I mean, we might be reaching up to touch bottom. But yep. we're here. But, uh, well, and I've often, the people that long-term listeners know, and I've, I've cited this numerous times, and I've always give Taylor credit, way back when, what actually, I always say kind of air quotes, blew up my Twitter account, was the first ever Bob Probert Invitational Tournament, which you created. You and I created one night drinking beers and going back and forth in direct messages, and you brought it up. That I should do a, yeah. a, a, a voting tournament like the March Madness, and I was yeah. just like, "Yeah, sure." And then the next day, you had sent me a whole bunch of names, and you're like, "Yeah, you got to do it." And that's what there we go. And then that's what uh, that's what literally blew up my account. I got like a thousand followers after that first fucking tournament, and uh, f- fuck. So really, people should be blaming you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's it's funny. I remember that night too. It's uh, we went through. I mean, we were just firing names back and forth, separate eras, just yeah. bullshit, and over, over some beers and stuff, going back and forth. And you know, the funniest part is, you know, I mean, obviously everyone's got their opinion, you know, on different eras, different guys and stuff. But it's like then when you you, you see some of the, I mean, a few of the guys we've talked about, you know, fantasy scraps have, have matched up in this tournament, and it's like the. The voting really is kind of all over the place, so it, it's it's fun to see. Uh, it's both fun and frustrating, I should say, to see how uh, how people view different guys. You know, and I, I think a lot of that honestly comes comes with that 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 little bit of, of like team bias that that most people have. You know, whoever well, your guy was in your era, you know, 
completely. The, the big heavyweight on the team that you like, you know, is a, which I, I don't think you can really weed that out. I think it's kind of ingrained in, in people, and I'm probably guilty of it too. But it's, uh, yeah, man, we went through a lot of names uh, to get that going. But that, that, that the Bob Probert Invitational is, is like, I don't know, for, for years was like the only thing that kept me on Twitter. I mean, I, I wouldn't even really post much or pay too much attention. But when that comes around, it's like, it's like a holiday in this house. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's funny. Yeah, when that, um, yeah, every time I do the tournament, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, it's like guys that you never see on the timeline anymore. All of a sudden, there they are commenting about somebody, right? It's just like, oh, there you are. You have a tweet. Oh, when you go look, oh, your last tweet was the last Probert tournament last year, you know, but I, I, you, so yeah. I'm like, not sure how you knew about it, but they're just like, oh, it's sometime in August. So, um, yeah. you know, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, that's funny how it all started. And I think probably, I mean, I don't remember, although I could probably go back and look at our, I never deleted them, but they're in my DM somewhere. You're, you're, yeah. are back and forth, but it's, uh, I think at some point in there, I probably mentioned the podcast to you. Like I had the idea yeah. for a while and I, and I ran it by mm. a few people or not a few, a bunch of people. Um, and it, yeah. and it would have been on Twitter first cause that was the whole plan was to, you know, kind of grow somewhat of a following on Twitter, whatever that means. But, you know, and before right. launching yeah. the show, just, you didn't want to do it right out of the blue. You wanted to have something. So I think a lot of people that probably that I interacted with on Twitter initially is probably who I ran the podcast idea by. So, um, yeah. and I'm sure you were one of them, I would think. So, oh yeah. 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 I, I vaguely remember you bring, bringing it up and yeah, we talked about it, you know, that, that kind of self-deprecating humor we both have saying, well, is, you know, we'll have, if both our mothers listen to it, we'll be at two and we'll work our way up. But it was, uh, it, it's, it's been great, man. You've like, I was, I was telling you offline when we were talking a little earlier, it's, uh, it's been awesome watching, watching the channel grow. And it's like, to, you know, for the, for the niche, you know, community that, that it, the hockey fights reaches out to, I mean, you, you had some royalty, you know, come through. So it's just like, obviously there's there's always more guys you know there's always the next one or whoever you know someone else you're looking for but it's uh it's it's really it's it's really awesome that to see some of the guys that you've had come through which is just a testament to the quality of the product as much as we joke around and shit on it you know it's uh it's it's, it's really cool to be to be a part of this so I'm, I'm thankful that you even asked me to get on there oh absolutely man absolutely and it's like i know well like i always said and i've i've said it on the show a bunch of times i said it to you off air here but i you know, I, I enjoy, well, I'm not, like I said, I've said it out loud before. I'm like, I've enjoyed, I enjoy interviewing fight fans way more than I do players because it's yep. a lot, because I think it's just a lot more relatable, you know, it's yep. just, you know, cause we're all, cause that's all I am is just a fight fan, right. That just happens to, I went and bought the microphone when someone else didn't. Right. So, I mean, yep. you know, it's not like I'm, you know, I always think it's just like, yeah, I was just a fan that decided to start doing audio i always say audio message board that's kind of what this turned into right so yeah. um you know so i always enjoy talking to you, you know yourself or you know other other guy other fight fans that i've had on right so it's uh yeah and it's just and it's been really cool because everyone has their own um how they got into it or their own experiences through you yeah. being a hockey fan and getting into the fights and stuff so it's been cool to to you know air quote meet those people and and share our experiences that's always been the fun part yeah. for me anyways so but, oh, 100%. but 
in saying that, one of the one of the new gimmicks I got around here, of course, is the ten rapid fire segment, rapid question fire segment, kind of the man on the street. I'm going to hit you with some things. Although, like I was telling you, I got to come, I got to come up with some new questions because any if anybody listens to the last bunch of episodes, they kind of know what I'm going to ask already. So I don't know if it's too <laughs> if it's too unknown. I've 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 snuck a couple in here on you that I I don't think you've heard before, but uh, but I think nonetheless, I think people, like I said, I think fellow fans enjoy hearing other people's experiences and what they what their favorites are their guys that they don't like and all that shit so um yeah at least that's been the response i've been getting that i will say the 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 rapid fire kind of this uh segment whatever you want to call it is uh it's actually proving to be quite popular with people i i get a lot of feedback on it that people enjoy it or they come back they're like yeah that so-and-so fuck did he he had no clue i've had that a couple times too (laughs) right but I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I'd say he had no clue. A couple of his answers were a little out in left field, but I mean, that's all right. I've said some left field shit too. We all have. So, um, or right field, whatever, left, right, whatever. But, uh, sure. you know, it, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all goofy in our own way, right? So, percent. yeah. Well, so let's get fucking goofy. Let's see, let's see if Taylor's goofy here, folks. Let's, we'll, uh, we'll hit him with some stuff here. You ready? Let's go, baby. All right. Well, I mean, I always, I always throw the first one. It's, it's a fucking softball. We'll give you an easy one. Who's your favorite enforcer? Ooh, all time Derek England. You know what? I completely, I knew that. I actually completely forgot about that. That's that's <laughs> that's funny. I I don't know how I forgot that because you and I have talked about England a bunch of times. Um, oh yeah. Well, uh, first of all, folks, we're gonna, we're we're kind of wow. Well, he's what are you? What are you? Thirty two? Is that what you said? Thirty two? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you're a youngster in my mind, anyway. Uh, oh, it'll be thirty two again. But uh, so <laughs> we're you, you know we kind of come from a different eras, you know. But mm-hmm. I you know I watched England play in junior and Moose Jaw and stuff, and uh, so yeah, I was not that I. I mean, I like England too. I was always surprised when someone said that was their favorite guy. So I was like, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, well, why, why is Derek England your favorite? I, I came, I mean, to your point of what we were talking about, just in like the age gap, you know, and like the, I, I, I try to be, you know, a well-rounded fight fan if there's such a thing and, you know, watch different eras and watch what I can get a hold of and stuff. But, and credit you, you've sent me a lot of good stuff over the years. Uh, that's broadened the horizons and introduced me to a lot of guys, but it's, you know, the, the, the 2000s and and you know the first half of the 2010s uh before you know the mass exodus of the enforcer um were were really my bread and butter where you know i saw virtually every fight you know that that happened and you know would you know i was one of those guys much like everyone else that finds their way into this hobby that you know every every morning or whatever you can't see every game you know you can't watch every nhl game in a night or whatever so every morning i'd be i'd i'd go uh i'd either go on like hawksfights.com or Sometimes I just jump on the NHL page and I scroll through the box scores and look for majors, you know, see who's mixing it up. And uh, then I'd go track down the videos and stuff from there. But um, so for my era, you know, there there was a lot of a lot of guys. I'm sure we'll get into some of these other guys that were uh, that were punchers, too. Not, you know, the there's there's, I I, I feel like, uh, you know, I would never I would never dare to say the 2000s were better than the 90s or the 80s or anything like that. But um, 
it definitely was the the rise of the the super mutant you know i mean yeah when you look at the the bougards the mcgrattans the little rocks you know i mean not saying they were tougher not saying they're better everyone you know can uh can round out their top 10 as they see fit but i mean there, there's no arguing or denying those guys were bigger they were they were bigger you know i mean probert being six four you know being like looked at as like a big guy for some of the guys he fought you know in his prime at six four i mean at six four he'd get dwarfed by you know a guy like bugard so it's like it's uh that era um, was, was fun to me. And uh, England wasn't a small guy necessarily, but he wasn't a super mutant. And uh, I just liked him because he, he had the same strategy for every fight, which was punch his way out. So he'd start throwing and try to try to knock your head in the third row. And when he got in trouble, he would often try to tuck his head and throw, which was very reminiscent of mo- how most guys fought in the eighties and nineties. You know, yeah. that was, uh, that, that, that's that style and strategy of, uh, if we're going to fight, we're going to tuck our chins and let it rip and, uh, and, and see who can hang, um, you know, went away. And by a lot of guys, we, we started seeing a lot of wrestlers. There's, there's always guys that were, could get good grips and were tactical, you know, and defensive fighters and stuff. And, and some of the early eras too, but, it started to become, uh, there was more guys wrestling, you know, in the 2000s. So I, I really, I just liked Anglin because of his style, man. He would, he would just chuck them and, uh, his, uh, I never claim he, he, you know, was the toughest guy or the best fighter, but I just liked the way he fought. You, you knew when he fought, you were going to get your money's worth with him at least, at least through the first, you know, 75% of his career. You know, I mean, I understand when guys get older, it's tough, you know, the, the, the miles, uh, the miles start to, accumulate on the hands and the shoulders you know and stuff like that and there's always the next young buck coming up right so it's uh it's you can't fault some of these guys for not being you know weapons of mass destruction in the end of their careers in terms of fighting but uh the the beginning of his career man he just i just liked how he just chucked them and uh his his fight you know the fight that nhl wise at least you know definitely put him on the map is when he dropped colton or when they had a slugfest and or was one of those guys. I also loved Colton Orr, and I still do to this day because he was the same thing, you know. I mean, Orr had or or throws bricks. I mean, he he winds up from the parking lot. There's yep. no uh, <laughs> there's no head movement there, right? He, he just he just you uh, you get a hold, I'll get a hold, and let's just uh, let's just clang and bang. So it's uh, when when I saw I liked watching him because uh, how he fought. And when England dropped him, that was what really made me go, oh, holy shit, you know, this guy this guy's serious. And then that season, um, he, he just went on a pretty good run. I mean, he, he had a fight with Jody Shelley and same thing, you know, Shelley was obviously more or less at the end of his rope. So he definitely wasn't a prime best version of Shelley, but if you're still playing and you're still saying yes to dropping the gloves, then, you know, it kind of is what it is, I guess. And England took it, uh, took it to Shelley pretty good in, in a fight. Oh, uh, and Shelley was on the flyers. And I was, that's what got me, uh, thinking, you know, England's, uh, uh, a guy he's a scrapper and uh it's 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 also probably because i've i've always sort of had a thing for the for in, in all sports i guess for for the people that aren't like the uh the number one if that makes sense you know it, it's easy to uh it's yeah. easy to root for the guy that really never loses you know yeah but it's uh yeah, the, it's, the guys yeah. that are up and down uh, yeah it's easy to be man spider yeah you know? it's easy to be a tom brady fan you know it's like yeah 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 not, yeah. a of, not a lot of hard days when, when, when you win all the time, but 
Anglin to me, like I said, he wasn't a super heavyweight guy, and but he's willing to go with them, and uh, and he played a you know a up and down game a little bit. wasn't wasn't obviously wasn't a standout defenseman. You know, he wasn't winning any Norrises, so he was usually a third pair guy, and uh, um, but played you know a pretty obviously when you're which is a whole other topic for another day, I guess. But when you're a defenseman, it's kind of an enforcer. You know, it's like you only got uh, you only got three three pairs. You know, six guys. So it's like when one of your guys is going to go off for five, it it strains everybody out. So I mean, you know, m- most typically in the more modern era, if you will, like the defenseman had to be a little bit, you know, pick and choose when they could fight and stuff. And yeah. the fact that in that era, he still found time to to go with the big boys, you know, and, and more or less anyone who was who was around, you know, the only, the only thing that, and I'm not a Penguins fan, you know, by any means, but it's, uh, I, I feel like he, guys like him were a little bit too late in terms of, you know, Crosby getting roughed up a little bit, you know, England didn't get there until way after some of that had already happened, you know, and it's like, uh, England, while not being the, the absolute scariest guy in the league, I mean, like I keep referring to after he put, Colton Orr looking at the uh, the overhead lights. I mean that that wakes other people up, you know. Other guys yeah. see that and they're like, okay, well, maybe uh, maybe after the whistle when we're around the net, I won't give eighty seven a tap in the legs if if five's behind me, you know. So it's uh, that's that's my long winded answer of why how I came around to England. But yeah, he's a uh, he's he, he's a working man's enforcer to me. He's he's the by the bootstraps, you know, construction guy, not not the uh, the sexy pick. The people that take Probert, I understand. It's obviously, you know, but yeah. um, when when they pick Probert, it's just I always kind of wince a little bit. It's just like, okay, well, you know, everybody likes Probert, you know. How can you not? Yeah, no, I get you. No, well, that's why, I, uh, you know, that's why I've, I've, everybody else that I've done this, when they say their favorite, I've never asked them why. You're the only one because, like you said, England's such an odd, well, not odd, that's not the right word, but, yeah, it's different. Like you said, it's not the sexy pick, yeah. right? But, no, I'm down with yeah. England, man. It's cool. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, yeah, he uh, yeah, he kind of shut it down fighting-wise towards the end in, like, you know, Calgary and Vegas and stuff. But it's like, well, it also tells you, though, obviously not a bad, not a bad player because basically if they're more or less telling him he doesn't have to fight to stick around the league, well, right. why would you fight? If you didn't have to, yeah. why would you? Yeah. Like, you know, so I don't have yeah. to and you're going to pay me more than I've ever made. Well, okay, I won't then. You know, like, so I never blame the guys. I mean, because that's the thing I think a lot of people forget, too. These fucking guys have been doing it since they were 16. Like, that's a lot of fights in the crush can of Moose Jaw he had before he, and then a lot of fights at the Las Vegas Wranglers before he got there and everything else. So it's like, you know, and he, because he wasn't a first rounder, right? So it took him a while to get there. So he already had miles on him, you know, before he got there. And I think people forget that. And it's like, you know, nowadays, yeah, they come up and they have three fights in junior in their life. And, well, yeah, they're still, they still got the new car smell on them now, these kids coming up, right? Quote, unquote, power forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, power forward. You had one fight a season in the Quebec (laughs) League, right? So, you know, and I mean, not to fault them. Those are the rules that they're given. I mean, what are you going to do? But, I mean, you had other guys, like back in the 90s and stuff, there was guys rolling in with 20 fights a year in junior. And then they go and play, oh, the, yeah. and, they, and then they play in the American League for two or three years at twenty five, thirty fights a year. So all of a sudden, the guy finally right. gets to the NHL. He's already got one hundred and thirty fights under his belt, 
You know, and then people are like, yo, you see him, yeah, he's sure ducking these fights lately. Oh, well, give the guy a break yeah. here, you know, like, because he didn't have 38 fights in his year, first year of the NHL. All of a sudden, you're yelling that this guy's uh, scared of people, you know, because tw- yeah. it's always funny because 20 just wasn't enough back then. He should have been 25 fights. <laughs> it's like, holy yeah. shit, you know, how times have changed. But, yeah, anyway, what are we yapping about? Oh, Derek England. No, I'm down with Derek England. I love it. Well, you said, yeah, it was funny, but I was going to mention what you were talking before we got going about the, yeah, I used to send Taylor DVDs back in the day, and I know your dad's a big fight fan, so it was oh, like, yeah, big time. yeah, so I, well, you guys can watch these fight DVDs, but you kind of told me something off air, that your dad uh, grew up with Jimmy Mann. Yeah, yeah, so my dad's from, um, is from Quebec, he's from Point Claire, and, um, and you know, it's Point Claire is just outside of Montreal, and uh, it's uh, it's one of those it's one of those places where like you like you say Montreal, you know, to people that aren't super familiar with Quebec because it's so close. You know, it's like the same thing when you uh, you live in Charlestown. It's uh, you just say Boston. It's you know people know Boston like they know Montreal. You know, um, but uh, yeah, he grew up in Point Claire, and uh, and he grew up with Jimmy Mann. Jimmy Mann's from that that same area, so they grew up hanging out, riding dirt bikes, you know, shooting pool, whatever, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I I, I think uh, I think a lot of guys that find their way into the hobby have some sort of connection to it. You know, maybe not necessarily that you were a fighter yourself or that you even played at a high level or anything like that. But um, I'm I'm all, I'm always fascinated when guys kind of find their way to it that are so far removed from it. You know, like you're uh, you know you never played hockey. No one in your family played hockey, and you grew up in Atlanta and never never you know like after the Thrashers have came and went you know and then you end up just being a a, a hockey fight encyclopedia like those guys are always the ones that interest me because yeah the, uh you know when, when when you're when you're embedded in it i know you know you obviously have uh, a lot of different connections and you know you've told me in the past you know your brother actually had uh had a couple scraps with some you know notable guys you know yeah. like i think a lot of people have those kind of connections but um yeah Jimmy Mann was um, was a close family friend uh, of, of uh, my father growing up. So, uh, um, yeah, in- interesting, interesting story. Does he ever talk to him anymore? You know, they they like lost touch. Uh, like when I think, if I remember right, I'd have to ask my dad again. Uh, he's going to listen to this and wince at everything I fuck up, probably. But um, I think it was like the first season or two after he was drafted you know when he came home you know they still saw each other he still hung out with the boys a little bit and stuff and then not not long after that you know i think i think life just kind of yeah. took them separate ways but yeah. so they they don't talk or anything like that but um i have i have some cousins that that still live uh up in in the montreal area and uh this was shit this was probably six seven years ago now if not more but one of them was playing in a in a tournament up there and jimmy's son i think it was his son maybe it was nephew or something like that was was playing up there too and my 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 aunt my my dad's sister you know obviously jimmy knew her because they're they're pretty close in age so he knew who she was and uh he was up there and saw her and went over and talked to her or whatever and said hey you know how, how's your brother doing you know I'd, you know i gotta get a hold of him and whatnot but it, it never really came to fruition but i mean hey if jimmy man's a listener of the show you know, this could be your show may change from hockey fights to, you know, reengaging long family relationships. Well, so I was gonna say he's on you're, Facebook. You're, you're a dual. You're a dual threat. Tell tell your dad he's on Facebook. Get on there. Get on. 
you know, I, and, uh, yeah, I need, I, cause it's funny. I saw him on Facebook. I was like, I should send him a message, try to get him on the show, Jimmy man. But yeah, yeah. well, there we go. Well, if I can, if I can manage to get him on the show, I'll bring it up to him off the air. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's funny. So your dad's Canadian. I didn't know that. So you look, like, you're a dual citizen. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm me and my sister are both dual citizens. Oh man, that see, I'd love to be. That'd be pretty sweet, actually. Look at that. You can come and go as freely as you want. Oh, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, and yet he, and yet, folks, he chooses to live in Buffalo. Yeah, what can you do? But <laughs> <laughs> you, you left Boston to Buffalo. What did I tell you? That's like trading your house in for a tent with a hole in it. Yeah. But all right, what yep. can you do? Yeah, I just say that because... Got rid of the accent, though. Ah, there you go. Yeah, you're, you're not from Southie anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm not talking to Goodwill Hunting. Um, <laughs> I don't get to pack the car to come talk to you, so yeah. that's a plus. Chowda. But um, now you make it... I'm losing my spot here. Here we are. Okay, well, we took... I guess this this next question I always say is kind of a grain of salt, but you know, we, of course I ask you about your favorite. I got to ask you about your most hated. Now I know hated's a loaded word. No one's wishing death on anyone or anything like that. Yeah. But as as a fight fan, who was the guy you just? I don't like this guy. Oh, this is gonna ruffle feathers. I think because uh, I love it. For, for me, the guy the guy that I just never could get behind was Domi. It was Ty. I couldn't. I, I, I res- Domi's tough as hell, you know. Oh, boy, I completely like get what you're saying. I get it. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'd never call the guy a pussy. I mean, you, you can't have, no. you can't have the most majors, you know, and, and be called a pussy. It, no. You know, it's just, you sound stupid if you say something like that. Um, and, you know, we, we, we talk, obviously, we've talked off air multiple times and in DMs about, you know, the, where the line is, you know, in terms of being an enforcer, a tough guy, or whatever you want to call it, you know. Sometimes guys have to do things that are perceived as dirty or whatever, and yeah. that stuff happens, especially back in that era. You know, in that era, it was even more prevalent. So I'm not saying that because the guy did a couple things like he deserves, you know, to be buried under the uh, the warden's house or anything like that. But to me, I just I, – I, I don't know. I, I didn't think Domi was that good of a fighter. I, I think when you're when your number one trait of what you're known for is having an iron head and absorbing punches – the only way people find that out is if you get lit up like a Christmas tree a lot and it, and it happened, you know, and it's, if, uh, if you didn't have that natural inherent ability that can't be taught or learned, you know, you're just kind of born with it or you're not. I mean, he would have been tomato soup, you know, some of the, some of the punches, you know, we, we saw that guy eat from guys like Simon and Brown and I mean, Jesus Christ, like I'm surprised there's not dense all in the guy's melon, you know, it's just, but, and like I said, it's, it's no, uh, I don't have a problem with the guy, you know, and he's one of those guys where I'm sure, Hey, if he, if, if he, if he played for your team, you'd probably love him, you know, just the nature of the beast, how that kind of goes. But when, when I watch his fights, uh, I, like a lot of, a lot of his extracurricular kind of bullshit is like besides the Probert stuff, you know, which I'm, I'm sure he's most known for probably, but after the Probert fights, it's like, when I hear Domi, I, I think of a lot of other things about him. I think of I think of when he elbowed Niedermeyer in the playoffs in the head uh, and took him out, which was an extremely dirty move. And it's like I didn't really think that was like in the spirit of like mixing it up. I mean, he just skated at him when the puck was nowhere near him and elbowed him in the head. And it's like, oh, I, I don't know that that was. I was like, man, that was a little out there. When he when he dropped Ulf, it's 
Ulf was a, was a dirtbag, so people didn't really care, you know. Oh, he, guy yeah, either. Ulf had that coming. Yeah, that no one had a yeah. problem with that one, no. Yeah. yeah, people weren't mad about it, and I wasn't either, but, I mean, it, it adds to the resume of, yeah. uh, you know, one of one of his only, you know, highlight reel punches is on a guy with his hands down and his gloves on. You know, it's just I, I didn't think uh, I didn't think he was a great fighter. I just thought he could he could absorb an unreal amount of punishment. And uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things that annoyed me to no end, which is part of his gimmick, and he was good at getting under your skin, right? So I mean, more power to him when he's when he's playing that role, I guess. But they played. They played, it was, I don't remember the year. I believe it was the early 2000s, if my memory serves me right. They're playing the Flyers, and I've seen the clips 50 times. I'm sure you've seen it too. And uh, Sandy McCarthy was trying to get at Domi, trying to get him to fight. And Domi wow. said no. And then Baruby comes over, which, holy fuck, right? Baruby and McCarthy trading places on the wings. It's like, kick your poison. Baruby comes over and says, oh, no, I'm going to get him. And Domi says no to that. And, uh, and then he wouldn't fight either one of them. And then stuff they they both dropped their gloves and they're like, they're like pushing each other out of the way to try to get the fight. And uh, Domi wouldn't fight either one of them. And then it turns into a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a line brawl, but definitely a ruckus, if you will. You know, there was some fighting going on, some pushing and shoving and uh, some real pushing and shoving. Not today's, you know, today's line brawls or a couple guys sharing a drink on the bench, you know, it's, it's a little different, but uh, guys were mixing it up and, uh, and, then Domi jumps in, you know, and McCarthy uh, starts putting the knuckles to him a little bit. It was not not a they didn't get off to a real good fight. I, I think a linesman was hanging on Domi or something, you know. So it's, it doesn't go against him, I guess. But what bothered me is he did all that shit, and then I don't know who they were. I'd have to rewatch the clip, but there was a separate fight going on, and Elif had a flyer down, and it wasn't Ruby or, or uh, Sandy. It was. It was at, guy, I think it was know? Adam Burt, wasn't it? I, it may be. I, I don't remember. You'd probably know better than me, but Domi goes over and starts throwing punches at the guy on the ice with a leaf already on him. Yeah. And it's just like that that shit, like, I don't know, man. Like like I said, I know guys like do stuff here and there that's perceived as dirty, that's just part of the game. But one thing I could never really get down with was throwing punches at guys that were already down uh, or, you know, guys that were already engaged. Like, well, uh, yeah, and it's so funny that you bring this up with Domi because I've seen that. Oh, I know you're not big on the fight message boards anymore. I know you're not a, around them a yeah. lot. You know, you just with the work and everything yeah. else. But um, that's actually been that topic actually comes up a lot with Domi. When Domi's name comes up, a lot of people bring up that flyer incident. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, every player has its warts, right? I mean, everybody, if you play long enough, does some dumb shit that you know that people can look yeah. back on and be like, you know, what are you doing? And uh, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. To this, I'd love for someone to ask Domi that question, or if he's been asked that yeah. question, I don't know what his answer was. I don't know, but because it's because normally he'd never back down from a fight. Uh, now again, was he right. scared? Of, no, he's not scared of any of those guys. He's fought those guys no. before. No. So I don't know what yeah. I don't know what his thing was. I think somebody said he talked. Domi talks about it in his book, and but it was like, oh, huh. McCarthy was saying like there was some racist stuff, or I. I don't know. It was something with that. I'm like, so that's why, why wouldn't you fight him then? Like, I don't know. I can't, (laughs) I can't remember what the story was, but it was like, Uh whatever. So I don't know. The Niedermeyer thing. I'm not going to say who I talked to, but it was a former NHL player. Uh, They said Niedermeyer had that coming 
because no one liked Niedermeyer. They said he was dirty and was a mouthpiece. And that's why Domi did it, because Niedermeyer had that shit coming for years. Nobody likes yeah. Scott Niedermeyer. Again, I, this isn't me saying it. This is what I'm told. I'm not going to throw right. the guy's name out, because whatever. But he said nobody likes fucking yeah. Niedermeyer. So it was like, that's probably... He goes, I'm not saying that's why Ty did it. I am not. I wasn't in the dress. This guy wasn't a Leafs player. He had just played against Niedermeyer. Yeah. But he was just like, yeah, the guy's a goof. But so yeah. that that was his opinion anyway. So take that for what it's worth. But yeah, the whole Domi yeah. thing. Uh, no, I remember when he first came up, I hated him with the Rangers. I remember like, who is this little midget? He just gets beat up by Probert and he's doing the belt. What is this? Who is this person? You know, and I didn't like him. It oh, don't me- even get me started on that one. You know, well, I just, I didn't get Sorry, it. I didn't, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah. Well, it's like, and I, I never got it, right? Because I'd never seen anybody do, like, it's funny now you see gestures and hand, whatever. Nobody was doing that back. I don't remember it anyway. Somebody, like the belt thing and the speed bag thing. It's just like, who does this <laughs> shit? Uh, one half of me, uh, part of me thought it was kind of funny because I was like, yeah, all right, that's kind of funny. But on the other hand, it's like, I would do it after you won. Problem is, is you're getting beat mm. up and you're doing this shit. So it's like, I don't. Yeah, I, I never got it. It took me yeah. a long time to warm up to him. I think it was once he kind of got settled in Winnipeg and then into his early mm-hmm. years of Toronto, I was like, ah, he kind of grew on me. So yeah. I don't mind Domi now, but at the time I was just like, who is this guy? So I, oh, I completely get when somebody says they hate Ty Domi. Oh, I get it. It's like, uh, no, I, I get what you're saying. But it's funny that you, as soon as you brought up that Philadelphia thing, yeah, that definitely seems yeah. to be a, a, a point of, <clears throat> a, a point of contention with a lot of people. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's that's one of the other parts of it to me is uh, is you know there's there, there's separate motivations for fights. You know, it, it, there, there's a a slew of reasons you could be fighting or want to be fighting, but arguably, you know, the most popular common reason, especially in that era, guys fighting is to get the boys going, to get the bench fired up. You know, you're down a goal or or your team's getting run run around on a little bit or whatever, you know, you gotta gotta what, remind those guys that you're here to play too, and you're not gonna let it happen, right? So if if your guy is Ty, and it's like like I was saying, I'm not saying you never want to fight or never landed any punches or hurt anybody. Like he, he did absolutely, but his main thing was to just get speed bagged and not go down, and then try to get some punches in on the end and kind of even it up on the scorecards. And it's like I just don't know how. I'm not saying the guys didn't like it. I'm sure. I'm sure they loved it. Cause he's tough as hell. But it's just like, for as a fan, when I'm watching my team, if, if my quote unquote enforcer is going to go out there and try to set the tone or get you know some revenge, if you will, on on a guy laying out one of our guys or whatever it may be, our guy eating 75 punches and not going down isn't like hell yeah, we're here, baby. You know, like to me, it's it's when Grimson grabs you and unloads and, and beats you and onto your knees and. And won't stop punching in the lines and pull them off. And it's like, holy shit, you know, okay, these guys aren't playing around anymore. And I just didn't think Ty, uh, tough as hell, man, like full marks to the guy. And like you said, I agree, he wasn't scared of any of those guys. I, you, you you cannot say he was scared of anybody because he went with everybody. But it's yeah. just like, I mean, what, did he fight Rob Ray nine times? And, and Rob Ray hit like a, 14. like a mule, you know? I mean, yeah. 14, Jesus Christ. And, yeah. uh, so he just, yeah, I don't know, won't, won't beat a dead horse here, but yeah, it's just uh, he was just one of those guys where um, take it or leave it, I'd, I'd leave it. If there was other options if, in that era of, of the enforcer market, you know, if I'm looking, he, he wouldn't really be the guy I'd be looking for. But I wouldn't fault anybody for giving him a shot. You know, I definitely earned his stripes. 
I think what what gives I don't want to give them a pass. I don't, you know, for lack of a better term, that's how that's what I'll say. I think what gives him a pass is he's five foot eight. Yeah, if he's six two, yeah, people are like all over this guy. You know, like yeah, look at this guy. He's standing there just taking it, whatever. But when he's always the he's the little guy in every fight. It's oh, look at the little guy. He's hanging in there. You know, I think yeah. that was always kind of, you know, what. Again, he won fights too. I mean, we're not sitting here saying he sure. got destroyed, but it's like, I think that always helped him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, in terms of like the perception of it, he was always the underdog, yeah. right? And people liked the oh, underdog, yeah. so it was like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know, folks. It's late here. Maybe we're just talking out our ass, but. <laughs> but, but I but I but I'm agreeing with you. I get it. And now here's a word from our sponsor. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just five dollars to score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details for state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Well, we're stopping and starting here, but we're back, folks. Um, well, I mean, the, well, the way we we droned on and on about those answers, we might have to do the rapid four here. We're gonna, I'm going to run out of tape on this <laughs> thing. Um, it might be a two-parter. Ten rapid questions, three-part <laughs> series. Yeah. We're going to bleed into Wednesday here, Taylor, but uh, question, th- where am I now? I'm on question three. Um, yeah. All right. I got, okay. Now, okay, I'll include, I was going to include that. Okay. Now, of course, we have the Hockey Hall of Fame and everything else, but say we're going to open up an Enforcer Hall of Fame. We're going to put that in mm-hmm. downtown Saskatchewan or in Saskatoon. We're going to have the Enforcer Hall of Fame. Who are who are yep. your first three inductees? Um, ooh, it's, man, I'd say without thinking too hard, I'd say Fer- John Ferguson. Um, I think you know he's obviously kind of credited with and Godfathered as like the the first enforcer, you know. So I mean, yep. I think if uh, I think it'd be hard to argue with him. Um, Probert's got to be got to be number. Number two, not not ranking them, but I guess almost era, uh, if you will. Probert's going to be two because you know he's regarded as the best by by most most people. You know, there's obviously there's there's the Dave Brown fans and stuff, and that I'm cool with him too. But I think Probert Probert's got to be two. Um, only one spot left. That's tough. Uh, I don't want to think about it too too hard. So I'd say. 
I, I think I'd go. Uh, I think I'd go Dave Brown. I think that, that'd be the three. I'd yeah. probably go Ferguson Brown uh, Probert. I was trying to kind of think of uh, a guy, you know, not necessarily modern, but like a guy to almost split it into eras, if you will, a little bit to put somebody else. But it's just like I, I don't know. It's that golden era of those tough guys, you know, in in, in the eighties and into the nineties and stuff. It's like it's. If, if, you, if you can make the argument that Brown's the guy, then it's like it'd be hard to, to then skip him in, in the Hall of Fame, you know, for for yeah. someone else. I mean, what, what are you going to put Paul Lawson there over Dave Brown? I mean, I'm sure someone in Florida would, but I don't think so. Oh, you could have went with Schultz. Yeah, I, I, Schultz, Schultz is Schultz is a popular pick too, and um, I, I like Schultz. I don't I don't have anything against Schultz, um, but I don't know. I, I think. Uh, Something about Dave Brown, man. That guy, oh, yeah. that guy was uh, oh, yeah. it's, uh You're not going wrong with the Dave Brown pick either. I always say, like, I was funny. I was thinking about this question, um, too. I, I would have went with Ferguson and Probert. I would have went with those two. I think my third one um, would probably – I'd probably go with Schultz. But if I wanted to say, oh, we'll mm-hmm. go with two players and then and then a person in the builders category, as they say, I, Don Cherry. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, because I mean, that'd be a great pick. You know, because he kind of promoted violence throughout the years on Coach's Corner, or not promoted it, but yeah. at least highlighted the fights and kind of always the rock yeah. 'em sock 'em videos and everything. And oh yeah, you know, so yeah. maybe that's what I would have went with. But yeah, you you can't go wrong. Rang, Ugh, easy for you to say. You can't go wrong with Dave Brown either. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, yeah, that is a bad dude, man. Yeah, and he's from Saskatoon here, so there we go. Got to get some Saskatchewan flavor in the sh- in the thing anyway. So yeah, all right, there we go, folks. There's your Hall of Fame inaugural class. Um, well, I asked you off the. I I forgot you were, uh, but you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. Um, yes, sir. Eh, all right. Well, you know, we all have our we all have our blemishes, so. <laughs> but the uh, well, and it's well, we can get into this after your answer. But as a Montreal fan, I you know we can always do oh who are the top three Montreal enforcers of all time and blah 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 and all that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna bounce away from that and I'm gonna ask you who did Montreal get? What enforcer did Montreal get that was like really disappointing to you? Paris. When they got uh, when they got George Peros, I yeah. was like, I was, I was bummed out, man. I mean, it's uh, like, were you well, bummed? Were, was it from his his fights in Montreal, or was it just him in general when he came there? You're just like, oh god. Well, it's oh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to keep this answer a little shorter, so we don't. Uh, well, I cut you. We don't. You don't have to fire up fire up a second computer just to download me blabbering, but. Uh, so Montreal, I mean, other teams have done it too, obviously. Not, we're not the only ones, but Montreal has, has had a really long history of acquiring guys too late that have yes. nothing left. And like, they get them based off their reputation that they carved out, which is great. But I mean, back in that time when guys were still fighting quite a bit, reputations weren't really scaring people away from not challenging. You know what I mean? Like guys didn't give a fuck. Like, so. I, I just as easily like the guy that bummed me out was Peros, but the uh, not to change the question and answer, but the 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 worst uh, was Larock. I mean, when Larock came, it's like when we got him initially, I was like, here we fucking go, you know. I mean, he, at that point, 
even though he was a bit long in the tooth, we, he was still a, a fear pugilist. He still threw down. He guys, guys weren't lining up to go with him if they were like middleweights, you know, you still had to be a big boy if you were going to cross, cross the train tracks when he was out there. So I was super fired up, but I mean, Rock just like all of a sudden, I mean, it's been pretty well documented. So I won't, you know, bore you and the listeners to death. I'm sure anyone in the know and this kind of stuff already knows this. I'm not going to tread over old history, but it's like he randomly all of a sudden didn't want to be a fighter. And like, he had like, I don't know, a couple of years left in the show and he knew it, everybody knew it. And he was just kind of like, yeah, I've kind of, you know, I've kind of made my peace with fighting. So uh, if I have to, you know, I will, but I'm going to kind of try to go out there and, you know, chip and chase, you know, and it's just like, buddy, that's, that's, they they got him in in large part due to the fact that the Bruins had, had such a tough team with a lot of guys, you know, I mean, between Lucic and Thornton and, you know, McQuaid was pretty young, but a McQuaid coming through and Chara, who obviously, you know, we know isn't a fighter per se or an enforcer, but he's still a big intimidating presence. And uh, so we, uh, when we got LaRock, I mean, people in the know were fired up and then we were just so disappointed. I mean, he just wasn't interested in fighting and it's like, he, you know, I'm not, can't be mad at the guy for losing fights. Cause I mean, obviously if you, if you, as long as you're going out there and trying, you know, not everybody can win them all, but I mean, he lost some fights in a Montreal Jersey. The guy is like, that just, you know, he really shouldn't have lost to, um, but he just seemed so disinterested, you know, and it was such a bummer. So, I mean, he was, he was the worst, but it's like, in terms of who I was like let down for when the signing happened, it was definitely Peros just because Peros was a big guy and he was a good fighter. You know, he, he was, he was fairly technical for a big guy. You know, he was never a big swinger per se. And uh, he did pretty well. I mean, he wasn't, was, wasn't anyone's punching bag for the most part, but he, uh, I specifically remember that class of, because that's what, that's what we do back then, you know, when there was some sharks still swimming around in the tank in, in that days is, you know, you'd look at all the free agents. You'd look at the free agent class and see who was going to be moving around. And you'd see who could potentially be coming to your team because most every team, you know, had, had at least a tough guy. Some had nope. two. And nope. most everybody had one. So you knew you were going to go after somebody is when it's that, you know, a bit of an arms race, if you will. You know, if everyone else does it, you can't be left out in the dark without a date, you know. So it's uh, – there was a there was some there were some guys out there, man, and I don't remember exactly who, um, so I'm not gonna quote any names, but I just remember there's quite a few heavyweights, you know, that were out there, and um, it's it's when they got Peros, I was just like, ah, man, and and then you know, again, not not kicking a guy always down because it was you know he had been fighting a long time and been in the league a hot minute, so guys wear down and that's okay, but it just so happened that he then also went on to like do terrible as a fighter in Montreal. I mean, he obviously the Colton Orr incident, like right off first game of the year in the bell center against Toronto on a Saturday night. It's like, he, you know, that incident where he went down and hit his face on the ice, which was no one's fault. It was an accident, you know, it happened. Um, but that, that was a bummer. Um, and obviously you're like concerned for the dude's health. And then uh, he comes back and, and then he just, I, I don't, I don't know if he would have lost these fights regardless of that, or if that kind of rattled him a little bit, um, going off on a stretcher, but it's like that same season, uh, Eric Bolton dropped him. Who's he could have dropped him any day. You know, I'm not obviously, uh, connecting the two things, but it's just like, it was kind of the beginning of the end. I mean, to start the season off getting knocked out by the ice and then being out for like, I mean, I think he was out like 25 games or something like that. And then to try to come back as an old dude and get back in the saddle and go after these killers, you know, 
Eric Bolton uh, dropped him and and, and uh, kind of TKO'd him, rung his bell. He wasn't wasn't looking at the lights off on a stretcher, but he he definitely didn't slip, put it that way, when he went down. And uh, so that one was tough. And then not too long after that, uh, you know, one, one of my favorites, uh, getting a well-deserved call-up, Brett Gallant put the knuckles to him pretty good too. And it's just like it, it seemed like for a little while the guy just couldn't win a fight. And, I mean, I felt bad for him, but it's like, you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, you can feel bad for the guy and understand the personal element to it, but it's it's, it's still a business at the end of the day, you know. I mean, if, if, if goal scorers aren't scoring goals, then, you know, it, that's an issue. And if fighters aren't winning fights, that's an issue too, you know. If, if you're not doing doing your job, it, 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 it's hard. So, uh, I you know, try to separate Peros's, uh Department of Player Safety stuff because I think that's, that's that's a whole nother start for another day, but just in terms of the guy that I was just like real bummed out about, it was definitely it was definitely Peros. When we signed Peros, I'd, I'd have to look back, but the amount of talent and of enforcers that could have been had, uh, and there was you know wasn't all it wasn't all super super guy old guys that were about to be done. You know, there's still some guys in there that that had uh, had some miles left on the tires. So I'd, that'd probably be my answer is Peros. Yeah, but well, that's why I kind of changed the question up when you Montreal. And I'm like, yeah, because I was about to say Montreal's had a lot of guys like you know you had Ojik mm-hmm. and Larock and mm-hmm. Peros, and yeah. it was it was just like yep. it always seemed to get guys at the end, right? And it's just uh, yep, yeah, always, yeah, yeah. Ah, all right. Well, here's one for you. Who's the most overrated enforcer of all time? Mm, overrated. Um, I mean, whatever that means, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. Um, it's, it's probably, it's probably. I, I'd say it's Chara. I mean, we, we know that he's not an enforcer, you know, but mm-hmm. the amount of guys. Oh, that's on, a great. That's a great answer. On, oh yes. On the message board, on on the fried chicken stuff that think that a people are scared of him and B, you know, no one can beat him. And then it's like, again, you know, people are going to listen to this interview and think I hate all these guys and think they're all pussies, which is you know, not the case, but it's just like, if you watch Charles fights, I mean, Oh, he's he, awful. He's yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's not, he's not that guy, you know, as, as the kids say. And, uh, he, I've seen, I've gotten into more arguments online with people arguing, you know, about Chara than, than I, you know, I've lost, lost a lot of, lost a lot of hours in my life doing pointless shit like that. But it's like, you watch, uh, I mean, I'm sure you know this, his, Chara's dad was like an Olympic wrestling coach or some shit. So obviously from a young age, he was teaching that stuff, which is awesome. Good for him. But it's very evident that anytime Chara got in any sort of danger whatsoever of actually trading punches with a guy, or if someone got within that monstrous reach and was able to like actually land something back, he immediately huggy bared so hard. And he was like judo tripping and like hip tossing people onto the ice, which, you know, the Boston crowd would go or the Ottawa crowd for, you know, a short period before that, even the Islanders for a very small period before Millberry fucked that up would go nuts when he would like just pick people up and drop them. And it's like the guys in the know understand that when you when you shed the gloves and agree to do the man dance at center ice, it's not to see who's the better wrestler. So if you're if you're shooting for a leg, that means you don't want to do it anymore. And it's yeah. like 
people could, it seems like people could never really understand that for some reason. And it's, uh, he fought Larock once when Larock was in Pittsburgh. And I, I think Charles was in Boston at that point. And, uh, they mm-hmm. fought and like, as soon as they lunged at each other, Chara immediately like tripped him and they hit the ice. And then obviously the linesman jump in and they go to the box and they're talking in the box. And I got, I don't know for sure, but I got to imagine Larock saying, come on, buddy. Like, you know what you did, you know, you don't want that. If, you don't want to fight then. And Chara, you know, probably pride kicked in a little bit. And he said, all right. And they did it again. The second they come out of the box, they, I think they left their gloves in there. They step back out to go. And he does the same goddamn thing. He throws one punch that misses. And as he misses and it lunges him into him, he puts him in a headlock and he takes him to the ice. And it's just like, so, you know, when, when I try to argue with guys saying that, you know, he wasn't a fighter or this, that, the other, that was a popular response is, oh, well, he fought Larock twice. And it's like, if you watch the fights, he didn't really fight Larock. You know, it was, it was a glorified wrestling contest. And, but I digress. I, like I said, the people in the know, it's, uh, I'm preaching to the choir, not, not, not telling anybody something they don't already know. Oh, yeah. Well, like you said, it's amazing to me. Like, even on these fight message boards, there's guys that'll hold Char up like he's some killer. And it's just like, okay, well, what heavyweight did yeah. he ever beat? Tell me what heavyweight yep. he beat. Show me a video. Of course, the only one they can ever bring up is Kochi. I'm like, yep. okay, he went toe-to-toe <laughs> yep. with Kochi, who had a broken nose going into the fight. So the fact that Kochi even Kochi stood there. Well, I mean, yep. Chara busts him up and whatever, but Kochi's nose is already broken going into the fight. How Kochi even yep. fought him was beyond me. But I said, other than yep. that, like I did a whole episode on it. I went to YouTube, I went down Chara's fight card, and went down every heavyweight that he fought, and I watched the fight, if it was available on YouTube, which was the majority of them, if not all of them, now that I'm thinking about it, and every, honestly, every time, the moment the other guy started on offense, Chara would air quote slip and go down, or yank the guy down, every time, I said, I need to do a video and put it on my YouTube channel about this and just like expose it for everybody. Cause I'm like, these guys that are yeah. talking like that have clearly never watched this shit. Like they might've seen it live and kind of forgotten about it. But if you go back and watch it, it's like, it's embarrassing how he just like yeah. a hall of fame defenseman just doesn't slip like this. Like it's like, yeah. you know, and I remember Convenient time to be bad at skating. Oh yeah. And like, I remember talking about it on Twitter and like of all people like Scott Parker chimed in. Yep. And all he put, all he put was, oh, he goes, Char is a giant pussy, was his exact <laughs> yeah. response. And of course, every oh, all these guys start going at Parker. I laugh. All these fans are arguing with Scott Parker, the guy that fought Chara yeah. three times and dropped him yeah. twice. And it's like dropped yep. him in junior, dropped him in the NHL. And he's like, and like even John on John Scott's show with Larock when Larock was on there, they both uh-huh. said coming from Scott's kind of rich, but nonetheless, it's like they both said, oh yeah, the moment you start trying to fight him, he falls down. And they were laughing about it. And I was just like, yeah, "Yeah." yet when I said that on the message board, I got laughed at by everybody. Like not two months before this, I wanted to play this clip for everybody. Like, well, there, there's my proof right here, you know? Right. And it's just like, and again, but it's like, as soon as you say that, they're like, yeah, Charles is the Hall of Fame now. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about fighting ability. You know, that's yeah. so I don't know what Hall of Fame has to do with it. I'm not saying he's a bad player, because that would be stupid. Right. I'm like, but he can't fight. Like, he's not a heavyweight well, that, that, fighter. That was, 
Yeah, and that was the other thing with him that that guys love to say is whenever you talk about why he doesn't fight so and so, they that's when they'd start in, you know, especially when he was back, you know, before he was like right about to retire when he was more in his prime. Guys would immediately start saying, "Well, I mean, he's a top pairing defenseman. He plays twenty minutes a night. He's not going to waste his time fighting, you know, insert whoever you want, you know." Yeah. And it's just like, "Well, okay, I, I understand that. Like, sure, that's a bad, that's a bad trade off for them, right? Strategically in the game, Char, you don't want him to box, you know, with, you know, whoever. And uh, but you, you don't get to have it on both sides." You don't get to say he's the toughest guy and everyone out there is scared of him and he couldn't find a fight because everyone's terrified of him. But then say when the real guys come, you know, into the into the, uh, into the uh, arena, if you will, that all of a sudden he's not a fighter. He's a hockey player. So yeah. He doesn't have time for these guys. But then he, he, he conveniently had time for quite a few middleweights throughout his career yeah. or light heavyweights, if you want to call him that, you know, whatever choice of uh, weight class is there, he – when 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 guys were pushing and shoving in the crease, he uh, he had no problem getting the gloves off to fight, you know, Evander Kane, you know, or or uh, Vinny Cavalier, right? But it's uh, not not too often when uh, and like we were just talking about, you know, John Scott has his own uh, his, his his own set of uh, detractors and his his uh, yeah. you know, we can talk about him separately. But uh, you know, when with if he's pushing and shoving, it's. Uh, I remember specifically when Scott was in Buffalo, you know, when he came in, he was brought in for that whole Lucic thing after he ran Miller, you know, and yeah. come, came in to kind of reset the uh, the Boston-Buffalo, you know, physicality series. Because obviously Boston was just bullying those guys at that point. And, uh, and Chara, you know, it's, uh, Lucic wouldn't, wouldn't fight Scott. And he used the same excuse of he was a second-line player, you know, not going to fight Scott, which, well, okay, whatever, I, I guess, you know, there's other guys. And, uh, but Chara somehow never, never got around to fighting him. And one time they were going to, they were going to go and Chara cross checked Scott in the face before, like as Scott dropped his gloves and Chara, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, he cross checked him right in the nose and, uh, and then like immediately dropped his gloves. And then when Scott kind of went down, Chara looked around like, what, like what happened? And it was just like, ah, oh, I mean, there's cameras everywhere. You know what I mean? It's not, if this was, uh, yeah. if we're talking the fifties, you know, yeah. in Toronto, it's, not... it's like black and white. Maybe no one would catch it in the corner of the board, you know, yeah. but it's like, we all saw it happen. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about the vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Metallica or Kiss on repeat or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in the Raycon wireless earbuds. So much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm or some guided meditation. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're at the gym working out or, uh, you know, when I'm at work, you know, you're in and out of the truck, so you like miss the tunes or your, be- your favorite part of the song's coming up, so you want to stay in the truck. Um, yeah, just put the headphones on and, uh, the earbuds and away you go and like they, they sit in the ear perfect and, uh, yeah, you don't miss a, a single, uh, guitar riff from the old hair metal days uh, i'm dating myself here with some skid with a skid row reference how's that one for you um so let me tell you now raycon's the best way to listen use 
Earbud tap functions to toggle between three customized sound profiles, noise isolation, awareness mode. Uh, Raycon has 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. Um, they come with custom gel tips for the most comfort earbud in-ear fit. Um, and they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. Uh, and Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Fourth line voice listeners, you can get 15% off the Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Again, one last time, buyraycon.com slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Uh, well, on the other side of the coin, who's underrated? Underrated, man. Ooh, I, I, there's a lot of guys I, I think that were underrated. Uh, I'll, I'll just give a few, I guess, that come to mind. Um, I, I think Darcy Hordichuk was underrated. I think Hordy was uh, wasn't a huge guy. I think he was like six foot, something like that. You know, yeah. he wasn't, wasn't Ty Domi. He wasn't a big big boy. And uh, Hordichuk fought a ton, man. Like talk about a guy that I don't know if you would say he just knew his role or if he liked fighting or both. But, I mean, that guy, uh, he took on everybody and didn't necessarily win all, all the fights. You know, if he did, obviously it wouldn't be underrated, you know, be a top fiver, which not making that argument. But, I mean, Hordachuk had uh, – Hordachuk was played for the Blades. Uh, yeah. he, he played for Saxon Blades and Juniors, and he had 30-something fights yeah. for the Blades in back-to-back years. I saw his tryout with the Blades. I was there at the training camp. And no one knew who he was. And oh. I was sitting with the owner's kid. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this guy? Because he's wearing, like, number 67. You know, I'm like, who is this? Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's Hordachuk from York. And he's making the team. Because they didn't have anybody tough. And they needed a tough guy. And he fought, like, yeah. five times that day. Because back then, training camp, <laughs> fight, pick your shit up, keep playing. Fight, pick your shit up, keep playing. Like, yeah. the players break the yeah. fights up. You know what I mean? And it right. was just like, he yeah. was running everyone. And he was just like a Super yeah. Bowl when he played. I loved him. He's like, one yeah. of my favorite blades of all time. Oh, yeah. Nice guy too. Yeah, huh? Darcy's I mean, he's I, a good guy. I've talked to him a bunch of times, and uh, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Underrated. I think he gets lost in the shuffle, like just because there's yeah, just so he, many he back then, right? Yeah, well, and yeah, he was, he, and he he was in Atlanta. You know, he's everybody. in Atlanta, and then he was in Florida, and it's like you know a lot of teams that you know teams that don't get a lot of coverage, and like he wasn't on very yep. good teams, so it was like Nashville. Yeah, so he kind of like lost and lost the time, but yeah, if you go back on YouTube yeah. and look up Darcy Hordachuk entertaining dude well man his first pro fight in the ihl was with mel engelstad that's one of the that's one of the best hockey fights of all time hordachuk and engelstad you know and that's like his first pro fight yeah i I, and that that's another reason why like i said he he was one of those win loser draw guys he's gonna go he's gonna show up always and doesn't doesn't, he's not asking you to weigh in before you go if if you want to if you want to meet you know at center ice and there's never a bad time for him probably to his detriment at times of the career you know, yeah. if, uh, if you want to go, he's, uh, he's here to party, you know, and, uh, he was, he's your Huckleberry more often than not. And like, I mean, we were talking about it earlier with, you know, guys that had, uh, it's not, you know, it's, it's the miles, not the, not the years. Uh, I mean, shit. Yeah. I mean, he had, I can't remember the exact number, but I mean, it was, I, I looked at it, uh, a couple of nights ago and it was, it was over 30 fights back to back years for the blade. And it's like, to have 60 plus fights before you're even under the bright lights, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, there's, there's guys, you know, that don't have 60 fights in the NHL and it's like, 
that, you know, weren't really big time fighters at any point in their career, but are looked at as enforcers, you know, or, or these tough guys, fighters. And I think, uh, I think Hornchuk's style, I was talking about England, you know, being willing to throw, it's like, you know, to your point with, with the fight with old Mad Mel there, it's like, there's not a whole lot of guys that, that you can say that are more exciting than Hornchuk. I mean, he, he grabbed on and, and wanted to throw it. I mean, he landed some punches and he could, he could crack. I'm not saying he was pillow fisted, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, didn't have this Joe kosher punch. So it's like to be that small and go with guys, you know, go with the big boys. It's like, uh, I remember he, uh, he fought Peter Worrell. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he fought him more than once playing, uh, playing in, in the South there together multiple times. Uh, Southern NHL teams probably divisionally lined up, but, he, 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 I just remember specifically long, long time ago fighting Worrell and, and just like, it was one of the first times I'd seen him fight. Cause this was back like when it happened. Uh, I saw it on hockeyfights.com in like the morning or something, but he climbed up Worrell like a tree and cracked him. And, and Worrell was, uh, that was it. He, he wasn't out cold or nothing, but he, he smoked Worrell. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, this little ball of energy, like you said, but I think, uh, I think he gets lost in the mix. And one other guy I'll say, just as an honorable mention, we don't have to dig into too much, but another guy that I think is a little underrated is uh, Jesse Bowlers. I think think his knockout loss to Aaron Downey, obviously, you know, it's like when, when things happen like that, it's, it's, you get kind of, you know, nowadays you're a meme, right? You know, you're, you're, you get turned into a video and stuff and, People laugh at you a lot and stuff, but I mean, if you go through and watch Bolaris's fights, you know, I mean, he, same thing. I mean, he took on everybody, mm-hmm. fought a lot of tough guys, didn't win them all, but it's like Bolaris was, uh, was, was not somebody that just, you know, wandered into the wrong fight with Downey, you know, he knew what he was doing. It's just, uh, wrong well, place, I, th- time I think thought, what, you know, what people forget is he got Downey back. Yeah. He, he dropped Downey yeah. too in the revenge. He got yeah. it back, you know, it, it, not as spectacular maybe, but, Right. Um, yeah, again, yeah. another guy, I did a player spotlight on him and I had a lot, I had a real blind spot on him. Like, I mean, I knew who he was and mm-hmm. I'd seen the fights and some of his fights, but it was just one of those things, right? It, you just, there's some guys that just blend in and you kind of forget, uh, until you yeah. do like a, like a specific, that's why I always like doing the player spotlight so much. Cause it's like, cause I'll try to kind of pick guys that I don't, I didn't really watch Like, oh, a player spotlight on. Probert, well, you know, come on. I mean, I've seen every fight yeah. ten times, right? Or Baruby or something right. like that. So that's why I always like doing yeah. the spotlights on, like a Bowler Ice or a, a Gazdick or something like that, because it was guys that I kind of, kind of missed. And uh, yeah, man, going down the the, the Bowler Ice, uh, and this is just the NHL stuff that I watched. Oh shit! If you are, if I wanted to get into the American League stuff, now we're really. But I was going through his stuff that night. And it was like, you know, goddamn, like this guy's. He hit man, and it was like he was good, oh, yeah. really good, and yeah. and he was bigger than I thought he was, and it was just like his fights were really entertaining, and it was like, yeah, yeah, but it was like, but you, like you said, you bowler, oh Downey, well, yeah, you know, but I mean, everyone has that moment, right? But yeah, bull, yeah, man, right. those are two. Look at you, I think you were, you must have been uh, studying because these are good answers you're giving here. Order truck and bull race, those are two, uh, yeah. I was going to say with Hordachuk, if you had told me as I was sitting in that uh, cold rink watching him try out, this guy's going to play 550 NHL games, I would have looked at you like you had a turd hanging out of your mouth. Like, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think so, <laughs> you know. But, 
yeah, yeah. but here we are. Like, yeah, I I just looked him up on HockeyDB. I still didn't actually think he played that many games. I don't I don't know yeah. what I don't know how many games I thought he played, but I sure as hell didn't think it was five hundred. But uh, yeah, but yeah, what a another career. Uh, another uh, little uh, maybe not the most impressive feather in your cap of all fighters or anything. But another thing when you know I was watching back some different uh, Jesse Bowler's fights is uh, two things that stuck out to me is uh he he dropped chris neal and neal wasn't the best fighter of all time but he was another guy that had a chin on him man yeah, neal could take some shots i mean that yep. guy fought a who's who of who was available in his era and i didn't see him go to of his fights you know i'm not claiming i've seen everyone um but i've seen the vast majority and i don't ever remember seeing him get i mean he he fought lucic and though he lost and got and got you know busted up i mean he was eating lucic's bombs and yeah. uh and didn't buckle you know linesman had to come in and, and stop it lucic punched himself out punching neil in the face and bowler landed one that that took the took the legs away from neil and neil was young you know but i mean that argument can be made both ways i mean he had less miles on him when he was young you know so to be to get smoked like that and then bowler's actually uh put mcgratton on his wallet too when mcgratton was with the senators yep yeah, the bullet race was good, man. Yeah, like I said, going through that player spotlight, it was it was fun to go down that rabbit hole and, and watch his stuff. He was he was far better than I thought he was. You know, I, well, again, yeah. I don't know what I what I thought. I just I knew who he was and I'd seen him fight, but just it was just one of those things, right? You just some guys just don't pay attention to, or yeah, just had to yeah. have a blind spot. You know, I mean, you can't watch everything all the time, but yeah, he was fun. So people out there listening, I'm telling you, if you haven't, if you haven't. Go to, on both guys. Go down the rabbit hole and uh, Hordachuk and Bullet Race. You'll be uh, you'll be impressed. Um, yep. Well, that was well, that was six. All right. Question seven. Uh, it it never happened. But what is your dream matchup? Um, and it could be anything. Like, you know, it could be oh you know, Ferguson versus Reeves. You know, it doesn't. You know, we don't have to be that. Oh, they okay. have to play against each other, but it didn't happen. But if you could pick a dream fight, what would it be, or who would it be? I'd say. Uh, ooh, I, I mean, two two come to mind instantly. So I'd say uh, Dave Brown and Steve McIntyre. I'd like to see those two big boys trade. Um, and then. I'd also Brett Gallant and Rob Ray. Yeah, that's interesting. Brett Gallant and Rob Ray. That's interesting. That man. Let's break that down. <clears throat> All right, Brett Gallant. Who are you? Who do you say would win? I mean, I'm. It's one of those ones, obviously. Like we, this is this is how the tournament started, right? Us yeah. doing this shit, ripping oh, off oh, fantasies, which is so much fun. And it, it, people, you know, people that are listening, if, if you're a huge Ray fan, which I'm sure there's probably more Ray fans than Gallant fans, given the nature of him never really getting, you know, the, the big spotlight, obviously, or getting uh, a real go at being uh, in the NHL. But so the, I, I, I think, I think Gallant wins that, man. I, it's, Gallant has, uh, if you watch, and I mean, I know you have, but if you go through and watch his fights, I mean, he, uh, He's an accurate puncher, man. He he lands shots like yeah, he just does. like there, there's so many guys out there, you know, that are that are obviously good fighters and stuff that are just kind of winging them and hoping one lands, like Reeves. But it's uh, Gallant has this. Un, he's not that big. I, I think he's like 5'11", 
5'11", 6 foot, something like that. And uh, he's, so he's not really that big. And he just tucks his chin and fires right down the pipe, doesn't throw the big overhands. And uh, he does. He has that classic kind of, you know, Bobby Nystrom style where you, you, you get a good, good grip and you just piston, you know. You're not changing yeah. your style. Up. You're just kind of throwing straight down the pipe. And he just has a way of landing shots. And uh, he hits really hard. I mean, we, we Matt Cassian can tell you that he punches hard. I mean, a lot of guys could tell you he punches hard. But it's uh, he punches hard, he's accurate, and it's like I've, I've – I've, I've seen him lose. Obviously, everybody that that does it enough, you know, will lose here and there. But it's uh, he, in, in terms of winning percentage, man, it's crazy. Like you, you'd have to do a breakdown on that, I guess, and see really what it is. And obviously, a lot of it's going to be opinion, you know, on some of these fights that are pretty even and stuff. But it's like the he just hasn't lost a lot of fights, and uh, Ray didn't lose a lot of fights either. But it's uh, Ray, you know, had a would would. When I say tuck his chin, I mean, Ray sometimes was, was staring at his own skates, you know. He wasn't even looking up. He was just chucking them. And uh, when he landed, I mean, he that guy, he threw with bad intentions, and he was awesome. He was fun to watch, that rock'em, sock'em style. But I think if he does that, I just think Gallant was a more, is a more accurate puncher, and I don't think – I don't think Ray's power would um, would stop Gallant. I don't think Gallant would stop Ray either, but I think he uh, I think he lands more and uh, and causes uh, and causes Ray to to you know cover up first. I, I I'm just I haven't seen Gallant too many times, if ever, that I can think of. You know, get hit with one and then start wrestling. You know, he he just doesn't really. Uh, do that and you know I'm not saying ray was a wrestler by any means but it's like you know we, we've seen it happen to him you know when when uh twister which no marks off for for getting gun shot after tony twist hits you but it's like we saw when he broke his orbital there you know he landed some when his jersey was over his head and it's like he uh he wasn't too keen on you know keep firing you know and like i said i'm not blaming the guy but if i think it'd be close i, I think it's one of those things where if they fight 10 times it's probably like you know Six five, six five, or seven to three, or you know something like that in terms of wins. I don't think a lot steamrolls a guy, but if I had to choose one, I think I'd probably go Brett. There you go. Those are those are excellent dream matchups, right there. That's uh, that yeah, that's Probert Invitational shit, right there. We're gonna. I'm not done with the Probert Invitational yet. I got another one for you coming up here. But uh, <laughs> uh, question eight: If you could have season tickets to any team in any year anywhere what would it be who would it be oh man um shit probably man that's that's a really good one i'd probably say being a canadians fan you know there's obviously tons of great teams that they have that i could go see win a lot but a lot of their dynasty teams weren't really physical teams, you know? So I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun to see them win, but uh, they had some teams in the nineties that weren't very good, but they were, they had some fighters and uh, I'd oh, probably yeah. choose the Canadians of the, uh, don't quote me. I'm sure I'll get the year wrong to the, you know, to, to the exact year, but I think it was like 95, 96 or 96, nine. No. Yeah. I think it was 96, 97 Canadians. I mean, they had a, they had a lot of dudes, man, that, that were scrappers, and uh, they wouldn't, they didn't win a lot of games. But I mean, in terms of uh, Canadians teams, um, they 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 had some guys that were willing to go. So I'd probably take one of them uh, just as like a hometown, you know, bias answer of 
wanting it to be, you know, a team I back because uh, if it wasn't that, I mean, honorable mention, probably the, I believe it was the 06 Ducks. They, that team had a lot of toughness and they won the cup. So, I mean, they, I mean, they had Todd Fedoric was there. Paros was there. Sean Thornton was there. Travis Moen was there. Uh, I believe Brad May was there at the very end of his career. I mean, they, they obviously weren't all dressing and playing in the same times and, a few of them had some injuries, which led to the accusations of some of the other guys I mentioned. But I mean, that that was a tough team. They had a lot of lot of, lot of go in, in the lineup, and they they were fighting throughout the regular season, and, and they ended up winning. You know, so I'm not a Ducks fan, obviously, but I think honorable mention. I, I think that's a hard package to beat in terms of seeing quality hockey if they're going to go all the way. But they're not uh, they're not playing Russian tape to tape style. You know, they're mucking it up in the corners and pushing and shoving after the whistle. Very good. Good answers. Good answers. Now you can't say England. You have to say someone else because I know he's your favorite. But if you could go for beer, anybody yep. living or living or dead, if you could sit down and get a have a have a drunk with a guy, who would it be? Ooh, mm. living or dead? Shit. I think. Uh, I think probably Rocky. I think he. Rocky Rocky just seems like he has stories for days and I just thought I just loved the way he fought and now that you know he's been in coaching too I'm sure I'm sure he just has like stories about some modern day shenanigans that are just great too uh Rocky Thompson I think probably would be my pick huh very interesting there you go Rocky Thompson yep you're I tell you, you're surprising me with your answers. I like it. Um, well, final question. Number 10, we've made it to the end. And I know we've we got to start, like I said, at, I, at the introduction here, you're one of the uh, the founding fathers of the Bob Probert Invitational <laughs> Tournament. And I know you've gone on and you've voted every year and, and you've followed it and you've read the interactions with people and everything else. Um and you kind of briefly touched on some of the times with the voting. You're just kind of like, what the fuck? You know, okay, yep. you know. But who, uh, how am I going to word this? Uh, yeah, who do you think should have won the Bob Probert Invitational by now and hasn't? Ooh. Shit, that's a really good one. Um, you're going to have to backfill me a little bit and remind me. I don't want to. Yeah, say someone that did win. I'm gonna see. That's right. I'm clicking on it right now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. So, uh, well, first of all, how many have we done? Um, I've done six. <laughs> Quite a few. Six. Yeah. yeah. So that's funny. I actually thought it was more than six. Okay, but six. Okay. So the first one, McGratton won. Yeah. Uh, the second one, Twist won. Yeah. Third one, Semenko. That surprise. Yep. I think that was the year he died, though. So they're not knocking Dave. That, but I think I think there was some sympathy votes for there, but which is fine. One, that one was the one I disagreed with most. I remember that one. I was I was head scratching a little on that one. Semenko and Larock in the final, and Semenko won. I'm like, eh, I don't know, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, fourth, uh, Bugard beat Twist in yeah. the final. Uh, fifth one, Dave Brown. Beat Joey Coaster yeah. in the final, and then last year's uh, Dave Brown won again. So Brown's a bat. Oh, I didn't realize he had won it twice in a row. So Brown's won it twice in a row, beating Coaster and yeah. Twist. 
So we got uh, Brown twice, Bugard, Smanko, Twist, and McGratton. And I can tell folks right now, and God love him, Big Earn, at the time he was still on mm-hmm. social media and he followed my Twitter account. Every time his fight came up to vote on, he would retweet it. And it, <laughs> and uh, all his followers would uh, vote McGratton, and yeah, he blew everyone out of the, he blew everyone out of the water yeah. that he was fighting. So, but I'm like, hey, he's promoting the event. I didn't mind, but it was. I know some people got mad about it, but at the end, of, so yeah. But I laughed because he was fighting Bugard in the semifinals, mm-hmm. and he must not yeah. have been following it that day because it's 24 hour voting. So the day when it first yeah. came out, Bugard I think was winning by about 75 percent. Well, the next morning, McGratton must have been drinking his coffee and reading the social media. Well, he retweeted it. Next thing you know, he's blowing Bugard out of the water. You know, and I, all people yeah. got hot about it. I got, there was people, I had people literally sending me direct messages telling me I should disqualify McGratton from this. And I'm like, who gives a shit, you know? But I was just yeah. like, it was funny to me. But yeah, people were hot about it. So, but anyway, so yeah. we got Big well, Earn, Twist, Boogie, Brown a couple times, Semenko. So I guess that's a pretty wide open. Who do you think should win? That hasn't, but yeah, um, it's. I mean, as I don't want to sidestep the. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an answer. I don't want to sidestep it, but it's like we know it's all about matchups. You know, if it's every year, it's you you get a favorable. You know, I know I know you do it randomly, name generator. You know, number to get them yeah. in there. So it's you have no bias or no, you're not trying to give a, a guy a hometown bounce and get him in the easy corner or anything like that. Um, I know that, but it's like a few times I've seen some guys, you know, uh, guys that I think really are going to make a deep run get knocked out fairly early, um, you know, just off, just off, you know, hometown bias. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guy a lot of matchups I remember specifically. I mean, and everyone feels this way, and I'm sure times people disagree with some of the ones I think are bad matchups, you know. But um, it's, I, I, I'm surprised with, I'm, I guess my answer would be I'm surprised. I think the guy that needs to win it that hasn't is probably Joe Kosher. Yeah. I yeah. think, uh, I think I say, the number of guys that you could say beat him, like if if they get head to head voting, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of guys that you can say, you know, more often than not are going to beat him. And there's a lot of tough guys that you know could win it with the right bounces and matchups, but it's just like there's not a lot. Of, like I mean, I think Chris Simon's a really tough guy. I think Sandy McCarthy's a really tough guy, and you know they had years, you know, in the NHL where they were killers. And it's like if with the right matchups, maybe they could win it. But it's like. We've seen both of those guys, you know, lose in real life, you know. Yeah. Not saying lose a lot, but we've seen those guys lose, you know, to some guys that are kind of middle of the pack guys here and there. And it's yeah. like Kosher, I mean, his record's pretty damn good, you know. I mean, he, he lost fights too, but he uh he didn't lose too too many to guys that he shouldn't have. Yeah, I always say and it it comes down it's a popularity contest cuz I said Kosher, I agree with you. I said the other two guys, and they're never going to win, that should have have wins, but they'll never get them. One is Ben Wilson, because he's too yep. old, and the younger fans, yep. don't, uh, especially on Twitter, don't know who he is, so right. they're never going to vote for him. And the other one's Brashear. Yep. And it's just because people hate him. Too many people hate Brashear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he yeah, could, but good. he's probably beaten every guy that's that he's matched up against yeah. you know at one in real life he's probably beat them but 
you go yeah. and look and he loses by like 60%. It's like, yeah, but if you went on YouTube, you, you could watch him thump the shit out of this guy in real life. But it's like, yeah, you know, and it's like, that always was, that's all, and again, I don't give a shit, it doesn't matter to me who they pick, but I, I always, that's the fights that I find amusing are the ones that actually happened in real life. And, like, the right. guy shit-stomped the guy. Not just, oh, I beat him by a few yeah. punches, but, like, literally smoked him. But yet, he'll yeah. lose the voting by, like, 40%, right? It's like, you know, it's clearly no one's watching YouTube. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's always been the thing yeah. with the Probert thing. It's always been a uh, fan, like, uh, fanboy voting. It's a popu- right. popularity contest. That's the word I'm looking for. Popularity contest. Yeah. So, and that, you know, whatever. Um the whole point of the tournament was just to get people talking about these guys to begin with. It was a, I never gave a shit yeah. who won, despite what some yeah. people might think with the 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 uh, matchups or anything else. Like I'm trying to yeah. set it up so certain guy that my favorites win. I'm like I don't care, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, it's like well, watch the random generator video that I put out. I I put out a damn video showing the first matchup all the time and how I come up with yeah. it. But whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so sometimes it gets a little eye rolling at times, but uh, and the old guys don't get their due because I always get like some yeah. of the older fans. Oh, why don't you have gas off in this? It's like okay, yeah. how, how many yeah. gas off fights have you seen? <laughs> I, I, how many gas off? Like how many have I seen? I, the three that are on video. So it's like yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess I could put him in, but he's going to lose in the first round. It's literally like yeah. a buy for anybody that gets him. And it shouldn't right. be. I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but it's going to be. It's like, well, if yeah. I put John yeah. Ferguson in, well, anybody that's fighting him is going to win because no one's going to yeah. vote for Ferguson yeah. other than the old people. And then when you're on Twitter, yeah. that's definitely not going to happen. I mean, I, I, Ferguson yeah. might get more votes, votes if I do it on Facebook, but it's like uh, at the same time, he's still not going to win. So, right, yeah. I, the other thing that's funny is uh, – I mean, everybody, like I said in the very beginning of uh, of our chat here, you know, there's everybody has, you know, a level of, of like team bias or whatever. And, you know, I'm sure obviously, you know, being a Canadiens fan, you know, I'm, I'm sure Toronto and Boston fans probably think, you know, I'm definitely biased towards Montreal fighters. And I, and I very well may be to an extent, but I, I, I don't think it's arguable, man. The Boston and Toronto fighters get huge pushes just from being, you know, Boston and Toronto guys. Because, man, some of the matchups we've I've remember seeing on there. Uh, and hey, it obviously didn't happen, so I can't say it was empirical certainty who would win the fight. I'm sure someone will listen to this and say I'm I'm dumb for saying it, but I remember specifically one year Terry O'Reilly got matched up with, I think it was Chris Simon, and uh, and I was like, man, if if, if we're saying, you know like how how we initially talked about and designed it this is these guys are in their primes you know and like their best year they had going at it i was like i chris simon was in, when he when he was you know in his best years just like murdering people i was like i don't i don't see o'reilly beating him and o'reilly didn't like not like outpace him a little bit he like demolished him like the voting was like 80 20 yeah. and i was just like man the boston fans were out deep tonight man holy shit yeah, no, exactly, and it's like, well, now it's always like, oh, they'll be talking about McCarthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. he sucked with New York. Well, yeah, but that's it's supposed to be when he was from Calgary. Like, it's like right. if, you're, if yeah. we're doing this, it's in their primes. 
Like yeah, every, everyone was dead. everyone was shitty at the start, shitty at the end. Like it's you know no, that's why it's prime versus prime. at least that's how I mean clearly people view it differently, but that's how I always viewed the tournament was like okay it's right. prime versus prime. Now if you still think McCarthy was gonna okay whatever, but don't use this yeah. New York years as like you know as your guide to why you didn't vote for him. That's like well I couldn't vote for Dave Brown because that oh I remember him in San Jose brutal. Well, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, oh, I can't vote for Ojik. remember Montreal? Well, no, everyone's trying to, yeah. Gino's trying to forget Montreal, like, you know, like, <laughs> no, you gotta go in his Vancouver years, right? But it's like, yeah, right, but people yeah. use this, because that's their, their reasoning for voting for the other guy, it's like, well, okay, yeah. you know, it's like. I mean, if you put, if you put, if you put fucking Probert in there, the namesake of the tournament, if you let him go in there, and people voted off in the Chicago days, he wouldn't win his own tournament. Yeah, well, and that's always what the biggest thing always was, right, is why isn't Probert in this. It's like, well, because he'd win. Yeah. Well, no, but that's the point. Right. Well, no, that's not the point <laughs> because it wouldn't be any fun because I would have done it for six years and Probert would have, oh, who won it? Well, Probert, six times. Like, yeah, well, that's not really <laughs> yeah. that much fun now, is it? Like, you know, yeah. so it's like, no, that's why we, that's why I named it. I just figured, screw it, we'll just name it after him. You know, because that's exactly why. Because you know, the Probert fanboys are too much. Although at the end of the day, yeah. really, other than the, depending on his matchups, I mean, well, really, who are you putting over him? To be completely yeah. honest, unless it's unless you're a Brown guy. I mean, other yeah. than that, or the young people might they young guys would probably vote Bugard over him or something. Which I mean, at the be. same at the same time, I, I fuck. I can, can you really fault it? Like. Is bought like a prime Probert beating a prime Bugard? And yeah, I mean, it's, like I, those are, I, makes it fun, you know. Yeah, like if somebody said no, Bugard would beat him. I'm not gonna start yelling at him, like calling him a dumb shit. Like, because yeah. that's the, that's the problem, right? When you're when you're crossing eras, it's like, yeah, well, like you brought up at the start, right? Like that late '90s, early 2000s was the nuclear weapon year years yep. right like you had trained fighters mm-hmm. like bugard and colton like those guys didn't play in junior like those are five minute guys in junior they were nuclear weapons yep. on skates right so it wasn't like yep. they weren't worried about a little black thing rolling around out there like that's the always right. thing with growing up with probert and Baruch. well baruby scored almost 40 goals in junior one year coaster did score 40 mm-hmm. goals with the blades you know, Dave Brown yeah. even had 20 goals in the American League, you know? Like, those, they all played a regular shift, and they weren't, like, five-minute guys. Like, they all played and were contributing, and on, in a lot of cases, on power. Like, Darren Kimball scored 39 goals with the PA Raiders. Like, he was on their power play, yeah. you know? I yeah. mean, you know, Colt Nora didn't play in the third period in Swift Current, right? Like, it's like, they yeah. were, again, that was just the time period and the mindset. I'm not knocking them, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you had your Steve McIntyres and your Bugards and your Colt Norris, John Scott. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, they were trained fighters on skates. So it's like, yeah, okay, you know, so it's like, well, yeah. So that was their whole deal was to go out and destroy. And so mm-hmm. would Bugard destroy Probert? Yeah, yeah, you know, probably. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, right now there's people literally screaming at their dashboards at me, but it's like, if some young guy come that had started watching hockey in the year 2000, I mean, I, I can't blame him for thinking Bugard could, could destroy Bob Probert, you know, and yeah. I, you know, I can't, and I get it. So, 
you know. Um, now, we're, are they all... At the same time, it's like on the other side of the coin, it's like you have this argument all the time too, and I brought this up. I mean, I, I won't go on and on about it, but, you know, on other episodes, but it's like this idea from the older people. Oh, well, if Ryan Reeves played in the 80s, he'd get smoked. And it's like, well, <laughs> like he would? Like... I'm not saying like Ryan Reeves would be a top three guy when he's taking out Brown and Probert and Koser. Like I'm not saying that, but it's like, well, mm-hmm. there was a lot of guys in the '80s like that were Ham and Acres that played 500 games, the Neil Sheehy's yeah. and the Tory Robertsons and, and Nevin Marquarts and shit like that. That well, they survived fighting everybody in the '80s. I mean, so I don't know why you think Ryan yeah. Reeves couldn't. So right. I think a lot of times, like, history's revisionist with the old people, right? And they, they like to cling to this idea that, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess we're all like that. We're all guilty of that in some ways, that our era is the best yeah. era. And, you know, we like to think that, yeah. you know, Probert walked on water and nobody could beat him. Well, you know, that's why crossing over eras, you really can't do it because it's just the mindset, the science, everything behind it is different, too. They trained and... Mm-hmm. You know, like back in the day, like training camp was for getting in shape. Yeah. I mean, now it's a 12-month job. Like these guys have their own chefs and personal trainers and, you know, lifting weights oh, 12 yeah. months a year. And like they're they're machines now in every sport. So, I yep. mean, you know, and the science behind it. And, you know, so it's it's a completely different animal now. So it's hard to right. do that. Yeah. But I mean, I was going to yeah, say no, one of my, well, I guess one of my questions to you could be, cause obviously you're a younger guy and you're, you like you said, you were into the two thousands and late into the 2010 and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just kind of look back on it and, and like I said, that's kind of like, I really, man, I stopped watching a long time ago. I mean, I know the guys and I've seen some of their fights, but again, I've never done a real deep dive, but, but I've done a few player spotlights and I've really enjoyed them is like, is the, the Gazdix and the Anthony Pelusos and the Pierre Luc LeBlancs. Mm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us old farts, we, we stop watching so we don't get to see these guys. These guys are some bad motherfuckers, man. Oh yeah. It's, it's, you know, to your point, I'm talking about guys crossing eras and saying, you know, obviously the era is better. And these guys couldn't hang with, with them or, you know, this, that, the other, it's, uh, I, I think the one of the major differences, which you can't fault them because it's the environment in the, that they were around for, is the older guys uh, or the older eras, I should say, the the mentality was a lot uh, tougher, in my opinion. Like, yeah, guys. I mean, me and me and my dad were talking about this a couple of days ago. It's you know, a, a guy. I mean, I could list a hundred examples, but it's like guys like Jim Kite, for example, you know, it's like you, you get, you get knocked out or, or at least, you know, dropped like seeing stars, like not, you didn't slip, there's no banana peel, you know, you get, you get put on your wallet hard and it's like two nights later, you're, you're fighting another mutant. Like they, they didn't give a shit. You know, it's like, if you wanted to keep that role and be that guy, then like you weren't going to say like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, can't go tonight. My hand hurts. Well, it's like, a lot of those guys, even though they were like halfway decent, you know, hockey players, they they weren't there, you know, at the NHL level to to play on the power play. They weren't facilitating at the blue yeah. line. Oh, so, there, yeah, there was three. There was three guys in the farm team waiting to replace you. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you weren't ready to go, so I mean, and and nowadays, which hey, I'm you know, like like you were saying with science and whatnot, and like obviously studying, like you know, 
brains and this, that, the other. I'm, I'm not saying guys are, yeah. need, should be, you know, getting their lights shut out and come back the next day. I understand they're trying to make advances and stuff and, and improve quality of life and stuff, which, you know, if they can do that, then I'm all for. But it's, uh, nowadays, you know, if a guy gets dropped, even if he's not like unconscious, if a guy gets wobbly legs, I mean, you probably won't see him again for 25 games, you know, like, yeah. So it's, I think the mentality is like those guys just, uh, and, you know, we've talked about it. I don't necessarily have a problem with guys having like a little bit of like respect or sportsmanship or whatever you want to call it. But it's like after fights, guys smacking each other on the ass saying good fight and are you okay and stuff. It's like that did not happen back then. They did not give a shit if you were no. okay because they were trying, they were trying to bury their fist in your, in your eyeball. So it's like, yeah. you know, the, the mindset was just a lot different. And I think guys could uh, acclimate, you know, I think, you know, the Reeves or whoever you want to Patrick Bordelieu or, you know, and any of these guys that uh, Frazier McLaren, if you want to put them in that era, I think they would adapt, you know, and kind of do that. But it's just, uh, I think that's the major difference is the yeah. driving force behind the guys today. And, and, and then is, uh, was, was, was just, was just different. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, but like like we were saying, this this is where the Probert Invitational kind of uh, why why where it came from and why it's fun, you know, is is because technically there's no wrong answer, you know, if if the fight didn't happen, you yeah. know, because they didn't play at the same time or they just never crossed paths for whatever reason. Yeah. So excuse me, that that's why that's why it's fun is because, you know, I, I may think Prime Chris Simon beats up Terry O'Reilly, but I don't know that they yeah. did not fight. So. If someone disagrees, I'm, I have no grounds to say they're dumb or they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, it's uh, we're, we're playing make-believe, you know. So it's, yeah. uh, that's what makes it fun. And like you said, gets the conversation going, which which, which is like what was, it, what was the start of it and why it's still fun today. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. When guys that actually fought match up and, and the winner in real life gets uh, outvoted, it's, I always wonder if any of these guys, uh, you know, are – are watching if that's happened to anybody that watches the tournament and what they thought, you know, if they were just laughing or if they, uh, they were like, what the fuck's going on here? You know, but no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there we go. You know, it was a lot of fun. This conversation was a lot of fun. I can't believe we we took this long to get you on the show. I don't know what we were doing, but well, you were busy moving and, and riding on boats and shit. So I guess you were busy, but (laughs) But you're here now, and uh, shit, man. I I, th- I think we got about an I think we got an hour twenty out of you on this one. So uh, I, I'm digging it. You you did some you, you, some great answers, and uh, shit, you threw me a few curveballs. I'll tell you, I didn't I didn't see that coming. A few of your answers, but uh, I want to thank you for for not only coming on the show, and you know, we of course we talked for like an hour before we even got going, but. Um, no man, for just the support over the years. I know uh, every once in a while you. Th- I know you're busy and stuff, but you throw a DM out now and again or a text, and uh, and I always appreciated the support from uh, for not only the tournament going forward after you know for the six of them, but you know with the podcast and everything else. So uh, I want to thank you for that, and uh, and I want to thank you for coming on tonight. It was fun, man. This is good. We got to do this again. Yeah, no, for for sure. It was, it was a good time. Uh, my. Uh schedule's all, always up in the air or whatever it's it's it's, it's hectic but yeah it's uh, it's a long time coming i, I definitely should have been on on uh, sooner but it's uh your your page like i said before is is uh one of the only reasons i i, I still kind of check in on twitter and, and navigate that you and a couple of the other fight pages you know but 
like what we were saying off air, you know, with fighting kind of dying now, it's, uh, it's kind of one of those hobbies where it's like, we're, we're trying to almost pass it on to some other guys or get some other guys even younger than me kind of interested to keep it going because there's not going to be a whole lot to talk about if, uh, if we don't pass the proverbial torch on, you know, to, to some other guys, but it was, a uh, it, it was a pleasure to be on, man. I thank you so much for taking time out of your night, uh, to get me on here. And yeah, maybe, uh, maybe if you get super desperate and, people don't answer your calls i can get on for another episode and we can go down the rabbit hole and some of these other guys oh yeah no it'll definitely be oh yeah it'll be a hail mary if i get you back on but uh <laughs> no no it was good for sure we'll get you back on absolutely i mean shit, now that you're in buffalo what the hell else are you gonna do so it's like you know yeah, that's true yeah i keep saying this hey, you I, know uh, i know chris is listening I think, so i think i think i i think i told you this probably years ago, like closer to when it happened. But speaking of Buffalo, uh, it's kind of funny. I, I heard you, uh, I forget who it was, one of the other episodes you did when you did a, a 10 questions with one of the guys, Rapid Fire, and you were saying one of the you know, best fight or, or, yeah, I think it was best fight you've seen live or something. And yep. uh, it last, I was thinking about it, obviously, when I heard heard that question for myself. I was like, man, what's the best one? And it just kind of ties it all back together with us talking about me being here in Buffalo is, it was the last time I was in Buffalo, last time I lived here, like eight years ago. Last game of the year, regular season, the Islanders and the Sabres. And it was uh, a, a young Nick Delorier uh, beat up uh, Scott Mayfield. Uh, shortly after that, uh, Brett Gallant, who was called up for the last game of the season, took it to, uh, to old uh, Kanopka, old Planet Z. Yep. And then the main event yes. was uh, was old Justin Johnson uh, taking uh, taking John Scott self imposed undefeated zero oh. out of his record right at center ice. Oh, big tree fall hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, three three fights last game of the season, including some you know Gallant being as you know one of my you know personal all time favorites. So seeing yeah. him go live right in front of me, and then seeing like a monumental fight and and Scott getting a getting cut down like a tree was, uh, was, was pretty cool. So I just wanted to chuck that in there, even though as, as a bonus 11th, uh, 11th question and answer. There you go. I love it. All right, man. Well, I know it's like super late there. It's like midnight and shit. So, uh, I'll let you go. Yep. Cause I mean, we've been doing this for a while, but, uh, again, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you again for always supporting the show and the channel. And, uh, yeah, man. Folks out there, I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, this is not the last time you're going to hear from Taylor, I'm telling you. so. But uh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. I, I really do. Yeah. Thank you, man. Great time. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 